0: Hey, what's up? It's Jared with the Disrupting Jared podcast, and I'm just excited to be here today. I am gonna be talking about a blog that I wrote a month ago, almost almost a month ago, called Dude Wash Your Face. And I wrote this after reading the book Girl, Wash Your Face from Rachel Hollis, which uh, was a great read. Actually, it was a great listen because I listened to the audiobook book and uh, really enjoyed the audiobook book because uh, she narrated it herself. And you could really get uh, at the emotion. And I think reading a book like that from a man's perspective, um, it was good to hear her voice reading it. And I just, I really liked it. And so I wrote a blog post about it. And it's been a popular blog post on my site for the last month. And so I wanted to actually just talk about that. I wanted to um, share that with you here on the podcast because I know a lot of you uh, like to listen. I know I do. I like to listen. Of course, there's a good time to sit down and read and whatnot. But if you're like me, you want to throw in some earbuds, you want to listen and uh, and just do that. So uh, we're going to take a look at my Dude Wash Your Face blog post. And uh, I have came to understand since writing this uh, that I do believe her husband, Dave Hollis, is going to be releasing a book in the year 2020 probably called dude wash your face so um, I may need to change this down the road I really don't know I don't want to create any confusion between what they're doing and my blog post I I am very passionate about this subject and I want to add to all that's being talked about out there but I obviously don't want to create any confusion so let's jump in Have you ever wanted to learn photography How about music production or web design Maybe you want to be a freelancer, or you just want to understand how to write better. All of these courses and more are available at Skillshare. Skillshare is our sponsor of the episode, and they're giving away two free months of premium service to all of our listeners. So you want to make sure to head on over to the link that's available in our show notes, but you can also go to jer.fyi slash Skillshare. That's jairfyi slash Skillshare to get your two free months and sign up today. So I read a lot of nonfiction and often suggest books to my wife who's not so keen on nonfiction books. The motivational and self-help shelves have blown up over the past years with books specific to women, which is fantastic. There are many powerful books out there, but they lack the specifics of the individual struggles that men and women face, which are often very different from each other. And I mean, it takes a book like Girl Wash Your Face to speak directly to the specific struggles that men and women do not share. And that's why I think it's super important that there are books out there that are specific. We don't all live in this one single basket anymore. There are so many differences about all of our lives. So the title of the book is what really intrigued me, but that was really about it at first. I It would have been easy to write it off completely because it's obviously a book written for women. And my first thought was that hopefully this book would finally combat that hot mess movement, as I assumed Girl, Wash Your Face meant, Girl, get out of those yoga pants and do something with your life. And that's not a fair statement for sure, but I am really getting tired of that hot mess mentality. And guys, we have our own version of that. So ladies, please know that I'm not picking on you specifically. Life is tough, but we do need to show up for life every single day or what's really the point. So my wife completed the book and I didn't really think much about it. Uh, She had ordered it on her own. It wasn't a book that I suggested to her. Then the author, Rachel Hollis, went on and interviewed on a podcast that I listened to called The School of Greatness, and the interview was really good. She had some really interesting things to say and some amazing insights that really got me thinking, and though the book obviously wasn't written for men, I felt that I would get a lot out of it, not only for myself, but to better help me understand my wife if I was to read it. So, you guys, I I didn't grow up with much of an understanding of females. I only had brothers. I spent most of my time working on things or racing them and the women that were in my life didn't really teach me much more than to make sure I had good manners like opening the door, uh, good table manners and stuff like that. I mean, I was raised to respect women. I just wasn't raised to understand much about them and how they differ from us. So I I didn't know much about women at all until I got married and started living with one. And isn't that really the case for so many of us? Uh, we really don't know much about the other gender until we live with that person and then that's when the differences really start to show so the last 10 years of marriage which uh, I'm I'm coming up on finishing my 10th year of marriage in a few more months finishing that sounded weird anyways uh, the first 10 years of marriage has been a big learning curve for me and though I'm a pretty insightful and self-aware person I do feel like I pay attention to things pretty well but I could have done a lot more to prepare to be a husband to my wife than I did, and this isn't a new realization of mine. I've noticed quite for quite some time uh, that men and women process and deal with things differently. I've read some books on the topic, and our differences are apparent. But uh, that they don't; these books don't often give much practical information to walk away with. Like, what can I actually take into my marriage and put into practice now? I also recognize that women are not so simple that they could be boiled down and explained thoroughly in a single book. And really, nor are us men. So after having listened to that interview, I decided I needed to read the book for myself. I mean, what was so powerful about this book that sent it to the top of the New York Times bestseller list? What kind of knowledge and insight does this woman have that seemed to shoot her like directly to guru status in what seemed like no time at all? So I purchased the audiobook in an attempt to better understand my wife and the struggles of her womanhood. I'll say it again, this book was definitely written to and for women. There's some chapters that I could have easily written off as non-relatable, but I'm a husband to an amazing woman who's the mother of my children, and listening to Rachel share about her struggles and challenges in this world as a woman and as a mother definitely helped me better understand my wife. I also recognize that as a man, it's really easy for me to discount the struggles that women have in this world. They have real struggles that men don't have to deal with and could never relate to regardless of how hard we try to understand. Rachel started by telling her story, which I was glued to. Her husband and I do share a few traits, to say the least. And I know that I've treated a few women in my life the way that Rachel's now husband did her when they were dating. I broke up with my now wife, just like Rachel's husband did, with the plan to move away from our hometown, and I really am glad that that didn't end up happening. But I did almost move to Los Angeles, uh, leaving everything behind, including my now wife, I carried a lot of brokenness into my marriage as well, and I hope to get more into that in in future podcasts and whatnot. But for now, let's just say that I share Rachel's appreciation for therapy. So there are a lot of lies that we believe, and it's not just women. Men believe plenty of lies as well. Rachel's book was breaking down many lies a lot of women believe, and I, I really connected with that. I'm closing in on being 40 years old, and I'm realizing more and more the lies that I've believed. I also recognize lies that the world has told us that I've also believed. This is why I decided to write this post. I'm going to borrow some of Rachel's lies and explain how I, as a man, have believed a few of them. So let's get started. Lie number one, something else will make me happy. So men have been chasing after things in search of happiness for ages. We get the job, but we want more. We get the family, but we don't seem fulfilled. We buy the things, but that doesn't help either. It's easy to look at what's in front of us and allow ourselves to believe that they are the things that are keeping us from being happy. I've watched people uproot their entire lives in search of finding happiness. This might mean leaving a spouse or moving their family across the country in search of something. I've watched friends go into debt over things they thought would bring them happiness. If we believe the marketing, we can easily be swayed. The problem is that happiness is not found in things or someone else it all starts from within if you can't be happy without you won't be happy with and you were once happy you were happy when you got the job you were happy on your wedding day you were happy the day your children were born so what happened you believed the lie that other things would bring happiness and when they didn't you felt cheated The world told you you would get something else, so you did over and over again, and now you're overwhelmed. Life is not supposed to overwhelm you at all times. Life isn't meant to be merely survived, it's meant to be lived. And that's a direct quote from the book, and to me it feels that the things that overwhelm me need to go. I've been working on doing just that for the past few months. Guys, if we're in a constant state of overwhelm, how can we really focus on living our lives? If we can't focus on living, how can we enjoy it? We first have to admit that we are overwhelmed. I want to give you permission to admit that to yourselves, to the world, to me, to someone you love, whoever. The world says that it's not okay for a man to admit something like that, but that's a fat lie, friends. Men get overwhelmed too, and it's time that the world learns to stop making us feel bad for it. We are all set off by different things, and we all have different levels of tolerance, so that looks different for each of us, but believe me and just know there's nothing wrong with admitting it. What overwhelms me might be a walk in the park for you, but that's what makes us different. I used to photograph a lot of weddings, and people used to ask me if that stressed me out or if I ever got overwhelmed. Like Photographing a wedding, knowing that I'm responsible for capturing this couple's once-in-a-lifetime non-repeatable moments... Is not overwhelming to me at all but i can easily get overwhelmed with my kids handling a high-strung mother of the bride is easy for me but handling three kids when they are tired and hungry can be overwhelming at times it's okay to feel overwhelmed at times as rachel states in her book moments when you feel like you're drowning are supposed to be brief they're not supposed to be the whole of your existence so we have to take control of our own lives and for lack of a better phrase man up to our responsibilities There are too many voices in the world today telling us that it's someone else's responsibility and that we should look out for ourselves. Friend, I'm telling you that as men, we are here to take care of ourselves, and we are here to take care of those who God entrusted with us. Don't get mad at me for saying that. In 2018, almost 2019, Rachel is right in that women need to be their own heroes. If they rely on us to be that for them, they'll be disappointed. We will fail them, and they will fail us. We have to champion ourselves so that we can champion those around us. We have to choose to be happy. Our circumstances and our things will not do that for us. We have to make that choice every day, and when that doesn't seem like enough, we have to make that choice every moment. I highlighted this statement from the book and have read it at least a dozen times over the last month. When you're engaged and involved and choosing to enjoy your own life, it doesn't matter where you are or frankly, what negative things get hurled at you. You still find happiness because it's not about where you are, but who you are. It's all about who I am. I mean, do I even know who I am? Man, that got deep. Okay, so we can more easily choose happiness each day when we stop comparing ourselves to other men. And we do that just as much as women do, even though we make it sound like women do it more. We look at the guy with the better job, the one who's more in shape, the guy whose wife looks better in a bikini postpartum than she did before getting pregnant. It's damaging, not only to us, but to our spouse as well. They are unrealistic expectations that we nor they can hold up to. No job, car, house, or spouse will bring you happiness if you can't be happy with yourself. Lie number two, I am not good enough. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that every man ever has told himself this lie. I do this thing where I try something new, and if I'm not immediately awesome at it, or I can't see myself becoming awesome at it pretty easily, I stop doing it. For years, I told myself that I just don't have the time to practice. And since I don't like to suck at things, I'll simply limit myself to doing things that I could be good at with little effort. I know how that sounds, but so many of us are that way. I was the oldest of three boys, which meant that at some point I was expected to just figure it out. And I didn't always make the right choices. I always wanted more than I had, and even though I didn't have a problem working for it, sometimes I decided to take it. I got into trouble often as a youth and was often told that I'm not good. School also did not seem to be my thing. There were years I did well, but for the most part I would rather have been working than sitting on my butt in school. Good grades and or excelling at sports seemed to be the only thing that parents were interested in, and I was not very good at either. I've always been a risk taker though, which was obviously bad when I <laughs> not exercised correctly. Running your own business is risky and scary. I've not had a regular paycheck since I was 21. If I want to get paid, I have to find the work, do the work, and make sure I get paid for the work. There are many times where work was hard to find. It's easy for me to feel like I'm not good enough when clients decide to go in a different direction. I often get told that it must be nice working for myself because I can set my own hours, and I kind of laugh on the inside because it's really not that simple. So we all feel like we have something to live up to that's beyond our capabilities. We either chase it or we sit on the sidelines and watch everyone else chase it. Regardless, both believe that they're not good enough and allow that mindset to limit them. In the book, Rachel explains how she knew she was under too much stress from trying to live up to the standard that was not realistic. She could see it on her face, literally, because of an issue, a medical issue that she had. For me, it started with an ulcer in my early 20s. And that ulcer would come back in my early 30s, and I'm still dealing with digestive issues today. Because the damage has been done, and I have to pay attention now to what I consume, or I'll just feel like garbage all day. I wish I could say that acid reflux is all it took to get my attention, but it wasn't. Perhaps I'll share more about this one day, but what damage are you doing to yourself trying to live up to something you don't even believe in? We have to find enjoyment in what we're doing. It's easy to end up chasing the wrong carrot in life because we were told that was the goal. I had a family that constantly beat into me that I would not make it in life if we were not going to college. I couldn't afford college, and I wasn't about to go into debt over it, so I spent many years believing that I was not good enough because I didn't have a piece of paper on the wall. Stop believing the lie that you don't have what it takes to get that promotion, start your own business, lose the weight or whatever. Whether you decide to sit on the bench or chase after something until your stomach bleeds, you have to decide if it's worth it and you have to decide that you are worth more than it. Your health is one of the only things you have complete control over. You might have to start over to find out what brings you happiness and contentment because you were chasing after what someone else wanted for you for so long. You might have to prioritize some things over others because you have to start living for yourself so that you have enough strength and health to lead those around you. Lie number three, I'm not a good enough dad. So being a dad is hard. If you haven't done it, uh, you might find out one day it's hard. It's not as hard as being a husband, but it's right up there. And I don't know about you, but I didn't receive a handbook with each of my children. I wasn't prepared for everything that would come after we came home with our first child, or our second, or our third. I was ready to hold and comfort my first baby boy, but he didn't seem to want me. He wanted his mommy. I wanted to try and play with him, but he would just get upset until he saw his mommy. And this seemed to go on for almost two years until he finally started connecting. I was jealous of the closeness that my wife got to have with our babies, and at the time I would keep myself busy with other things, since it didn't seem like my kids needed me. And It's easy to get emotional over things like that, but they're babies. Babies are not doing anything on purpose, they're just being babies. And It may seem like you don't have a connection to your newborn, but you do. It just takes a little bit more time to surface than it does with their mother. As my kids have started to grow up, i felt like I wasn't succeeding as a dad. Not very good at disciplining my children. I don't really know how to do it well or in an effective way. I don't always respond to their outbursts well. At times, I have a short temper with them, and I often feel like I'm hurting them more than helping them. But that's mostly my internal self talk. It would be much easier to just be their friend and let them raise themselves, right? Then there are those dads that seem to have it all together. Their kids are amazing in public, play all the sports, seem to do things without arguing, get along with their siblings, and even seem to respect their parents. Is it all smoke and mirrors, or am I failing somewhere? Men don't just stand around and talk about parenting. They usually talk about common interests, like football or something like that. It's easy to assume that other dads have it all together, but we would never know that because we don't talk about it. I've allowed myself to believe that I'm not good enough, it's easier for guys to disconnect from their families than it is for women because of the motherly connection they feel responsible for. Rachel mentioned in her book that she considered flying the coop in a moment of struggle. I think us guys have our moments as well. It's also much easier and more acceptable for a guy to separate himself from his family in today's culture. Some even do it without ever leaving the house. For me, I've found a few guys who have gone before me to ask questions and vent to. It's equal parts relieving and frustrating when they smile and explain that what I'm experiencing is not unique. What I need though is more of guys with kids of similar ages to mine. And yes, this might mean that I have to talk to some of my wife's girlfriend's husbands. But trust me guys, we need to do life together on a deeper level than whatever sports ball is on TV. I've kept myself at a distance from a lot of other dads for a variety of reasons, but the main one is that I have a hard time connecting with other guys. That's just been a problem for me as long as I can remember, and if we continue to try and be dads on our own, we'll always feel like we're not good enough. If we listen to that voice enough, we'll put distance between us and our kids when what they really need is for us to draw near to them. Lie number three plus some. I can't tell the truth, I need a drink, and I'm not a hero. So I understand that this podcast episode is a little long, so if you're still listening, you truly deserve a reward. In all honesty, I wanted to rewrite Rachel's book for us men. I mean, we really need it. We live in a world where it seems like we're getting attacked and blamed for everything. And some of us do deserve it, though. We haven't been the best leaders or the most truthful. We've taken advantage of our situation and not been responsible. Guys, we've been lazy. And now that women are standing up for themselves, it's easy to feel like we're the ones being attacked. It's easy to feel like a victim, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to read Rachel's book. I was not a truth teller. I mean, I was pretty honest most of the time. Some of my friends might tell you that I actually don't know how to keep my opinion to myself. And that might be true, but I had a lot of secrets that required lies to keep in place. and Things I did when I was young and decisions I made brought me shame, and I allowed that shame to drive my decisions. Let me say that again. I allowed that shame to drive my decisions. And I didn't deal with my emotions in a very healthy way. I have allowed my struggles to tear me apart, and others have been hurt because of them. I've also gotten in the habit of needing a drink to unwind. I've never been really addicted to a substance, but it became a habit, and if we were out of wine, or I didn't have any tonic water for my gin, I would feel a little uneasy at times. I never needed a drink, but I found myself desiring one, especially after a stressful evening with the kids. The truth is that i've never been very honest about what i'm going through i always felt like i was the only one going through it my struggles were unique and since everybody else's lives looked perfect i could not afford to let my truth out i still struggle with it but i am working on it and my counselor has helped me a lot with that as i mentioned before i am an all-or-nothing kind of guy so at times i feel like putting it all out there but I'm trying to be patient and prepare myself for opportunities that the experiences that I've had in life could be helpful for others and just being aware of the context of all of that. So I'm also being careful to make sure that I've healed enough to help others. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't do this podcast or write these articles like months ago or years ago, even there are just too many people in this world who woke up one day from a major struggle and felt that they were ready to teach the world how to heal. I don't want to be one of those people. So being a man in this world is not as easy as it used to be. And I'm not talking about jobs and equal pay, though I do believe that anyone who works hard for something deserves to be compensated equally for it. That means the person needs to work hard. I don't care what your race or gender is, you don't deserve something just because you are something other than a white male. You deserve it because you made the choice to work hard for it. Equal opportunity should not have to be a policy, it should be assumed because it's the right thing to do. The fact that society seemed to hand those things out to white males much easier than anyone else really is wrong. I've never assumed I deserve anything for being a man or white. I grew up with my grandmother who was a successful businesswoman as my example. She built a a successful real estate business during a time where that was dominated by men. To top that off, she was barely five feet tall. So after my parents divorced, my mother went back to school, and she achieved her goal of becoming a teacher. I never knew that women couldn't achieve something because my environment told me different. Now, if you watch any TV at all, you know that the dad is usually the joke. And guys, we have allowed ourselves to become a joke. We are irrational, simple-minded, and easy to entertain. We get angry at things we don't understand, and as long as we could enjoy a football game from our living room in peace, we are happy. We are allowing ourselves to be minimized and emasculated we are being taught that masculinity is barbaric we are being misled we need to regain our masculinity not to rise as the dominant gender but to utilize and appreciate our strengths to use them for good and to build others up there is beauty in femininity and masculinity but we need to learn to respect each for their uniqueness We also need to take time to understand our differences. Society today is so quick to say that the other side is wrong. We read an article and immediately alienate a whole group of people instead of taking time to understand why they might think that way. Instead of technology bringing us together, it's really further separating us. Have a difference of opinion with someone? Prepare for an unrealistic conflict over something that doesn't really matter that much. Our society really is in a transitional place. We've come into so much information over the past 30 or so years, and we really don't know what to do with it all. Rather than appreciating the little things that make us all different, we are using them to further separate us. Instead of learning to live together in one society, we find people who have our exact beliefs. And we silo ourselves from everyone else around us. Guys, we have always been called to be leaders, and I don't see any men leading these days. Women are stepping up and doing everything us men have become too lazy to do. To put it simply, they are more driven than us. Women are fully capable as leaders and should have every right to lead in any capacity as a man is able. But that doesn't mean that we should also give them the job of leading us. We all need to be a leader in our own lives. I see too many men whose wives have to step up and lead in ways they shouldn't have to. Many men traded their birth mother for a wife who they expect to treat them as their mom did. And that's just not fair to women in a relationship. Now, I'm not the best leader, and I'm definitely not my wife's hero. I've slacked off at times because I know that she wouldn't let the house go sideways. I haven't always shown up for her as a husband should. I have allowed myself to feel minimized because of the way society portrays men and fathers these days, but lately I've felt a huge tugging at my heart and I'm starting to finally realize what that tugging is. It's starting with honesty and openness about the real struggles of being a guy in today's society, not out of a response to some sort of movement or to defend myself, but to be vulnerable and opened in an attempt to break down the silos that I've put up around everything in my life in an attempt to be comfortable. The comfort I build around me just doesn't feel good anymore. So what's next? I mean, this podcast, the articles that I've been writing lately, a lot of this has kind of just taken on a life of its own. And I I really hope that this podcast episode specifically came across as a call to action for men to step up and take control of their lives again. I hope that it encouraged you as much as it empowered me writing it. Writing for me helps my thoughts make sense to me because I have to look at them and think about them, correct them, and make sense of what I just wrote down. So I highly recommend that you try writing about the things that you feel strongly about. It really helps you understand what you believe when you have to write it out. If you have a wife and you struggle to understand her, I really do suggest reading Girl, Wash Your Face. Keep in mind that your spouse is unique and different than Rachel. Uh, But what was real about the book for me was all the insecurities that she shared. We all have insecurities, but ours as men are different than what women deal with. And it's important that we understand them so that we could be better husbands to our wives. Uh, I don't want to become complacent. I want to continue to grow and better understand myself and those around me. I want to show up as best as I can for my wife and my kids because they deserve that. Not because they need a man to rule over them, but because they were given a man to support and encourage them. So in the show notes of this podcast, I've got a link to Rachel's book on Amazon. You can click on that and check it out. If you like to listen to audio, which I mean, you're listening to a podcast, I think maybe you do. Audible gave me the opportunity to give away a free audiobook. So if you go to, now the link is down in the show notes of this episode, but if you go to jer.fyi slash free so that's jer.fyi slash free audiobook, you can pick up Rachel's book for free uh, and download it and listen to it just as I did. So what are your thoughts after listening to this? Are there some lies that you tell yourself? I really would love to continue the conversation in the comments below the post on my website. So if you go to jared.blog and just do a search for Dude, Watch Your, Wash Your Face in the search box, you'll find it. And in the comment section there, I also have all of my social medias there. Feel free to contact me there. I've really been having some cool conversations with people in Instagram, uh DMs lately, so that's definitely a way to reach out. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast, uh, I would just appreciate if you took a screenshot and shared the podcast on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media that you use. Just post that and tag me in it so that I could see that you read it. And uh, so yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, Definitely connect with me. Let's talk and grow together because that's what's going to just make us more effective men, uh, not only for ourselves, but for those around us. So thanks so much for checking out this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. Subscribe to the podcast here through whatever app it is that you listen. If you use iTunes, I would appreciate, just really appreciate you going into iTunes and writing a review of the podcast. Uh, It not only helps me uh, have some good feedback from you, but it also helps others discover the podcast as well. So until next time, thanks so much for checking out Disrupting Jared, my podcast on just disrupting my own life. I hope uh, that you were encouraged and I'll see you next time.